So thank you for joining me today for one of our monthly Mordecai moments. These are quite possibly some of my most exciting podcasts that I look forward to, and I have incredible guests that are joining me today. So all of those that are listening, you are in for, I don't even want to say a treat. You're about to hit the floor with what's going to come across this podcast. I have Matt and Ton Cross with me. Um, I'll introduce them first by saying they are some of the dearest friends that Kevin and I have, um, kingdom friendships God brought to us. In fact, fun story, Ton and I did a, a conference, like a gathering together in Nashville several years ago. We did not know each other at all. I think it was seven years ago. Yeah, time goes too fast. And we both spoke at different sessions. And um, just to let you know what kind of Mordecai you're about to hear from, Ton came to me afterwards and said, my husband said today, what do you say? You're going to meet a lifelong me, friend. Yeah. So my husband, you're about to meet my husband, but he is a seer. So he like, when I say seer, he dreams awake. So he is always praying into anything I step out and do. So he was praying and God showed him really clearly. He said, Tan, he said, I feel like God has just shown me you're going to make a lifelong friend at this uh, event that you're going to. That's how we met. Tom yeah, said that that's how we met. And I think we're it. We're I friends. Totally. <laughs> we're right. And we are. We are. We really are. And I feel like we're only still just getting started. I feel like there is a great adventure even still ahead for us all. It is. It's amazing. And and I, as I tell all my friends, the friends God makes you are friends you can trust, lean into, um, and really develop. And I value that so much. So that's that's who's in front of me today is Matt and Ton. And he is definitely a seer and she's a prophetess. And if you're, you know, want to follow them in any way, everything they say oozes with wisdom and anointing. And I'm just honored to have them here. They've been with our school. They'll be with our church tonight. But they're with us today for this podcast. Um, and Ton and I both get to be on. So y'all pray for Matt. He is surrounded by women. And we're going to put him on the spot today um, because as those who've been following me know, these Mordecai moments are really meant to highlight and platform what I believe are some anointed male voices um, in the nation right now, prophetic, anointed, uh, gifted voices that we need to hear. Um, and especially in this monarch movement we're in, again, for the 150th time. This is not a women's ministry movement. It's a kingdom movement. It might be led, you know, on, on the heaviest level by women, but it's for everyone. Um, and it's an Esther movement, but not like we've thought of it in the past. Um, I was just sharing before the podcast started, Esther herself represents the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. Mordecai represents the, the Holy Spirit, you know, working with the church. Um, but I do know that God is putting unusual anointing on women in this hour. Um, I feel like the enemy is demonically anointing women in this hour. And we see that um, in the counter movement, the anti-kingdom movement that is being led by women. But right here in this movement, um, this is a kingdom movement for all. And that's why we are very intentional, not just to bring the voices of women, but the voices of men and women, because it takes both for kingdom completion. And so I'm so honored you're here. Today, I just want to set Matt up because as I look at the life of Mordecai and his role in the life of Esther... Um, he did many things, really, that um, set her up for kingdom purpose and really led to the redemption of a nation. Um, he brought her security, identity. I'm going to talk about those at another time. But what I want to hone in on today is that Mordecai was like the giant clock in her life. He brought timing and wisdom to her. And I've said it many times, you can know the right thing to do and do it at the wrong time and it mess up everything. 
Um, or, you know, if you if you don't know the timing at which to move and act or understand what's going on around you, you'll live in ignorance. And and Esther, she had to lean on Mordecai in every season of her life to know what to do and how to do it. Even up until the point she was queen, she was completely ignorant of what was going on with the people until Mordecai brought her a report. She was locked up in a castle and clueless. Um, and that's kind of how the Holy Spirit does for us. If we can't lean on our own understanding, especially in this season, we've got to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We've got to have more people in the body of Christ that are seers you know, that walk in that anointing of Issachar, and they know what the Spirit is saying, and they know the timing in which to act. And I've always seen you as that. And so today, I would love for you to go back in time um, and talk about some things God has spoken to you about what's happening in the world around us. And I want you to even go forward in time and just step into that gift you have to prophesy and see I'm into the future. And as the body of Christ, we just want to hear you and say, what time is it? What's going on? And what can we prepare for in the church? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on in the first place. It's it's quite an honor. And and I've been following Tarn closely and following the, the uh, monarch movement like through Tarn and and I'm and I'm tremendously excited by, you know, what I'm what I'm seeing and sensing through this. I can, I can sense God moving through this movement. I, I truly do. And um and I guess I just wanted to start off by saying that um, Tan and I, when I think about our relationship, it's always been a, it's, it, it parallels the life of Mordecai and Esther in, in so many ways. And, and, you, and you framed it up so beautifully by saying, you know, the, the um, understanding the timings and that security and so on, and understanding of what happens next. When I look back at our marriage, there's been so many, there's been so many times where um, when I pressed in an intercession, God has shown me like what's up ahead for Tan. Like as a, she's a, she's a phenomenal speaker, you know, very, very gifted, very prophetic. Uh, but there's been many times I say, Hey, this is up ahead for you. This is what I'm praying into for you. Like to the point where I can even see the platform that she's going to be speaking on, even when it doesn't even look like a possibility. And sure enough, she's stepped onto that platform and I could go on with countless examples like that, but it really comes as a form of what I believe is a, a form of encouragement for her and the gifting and anointing that God's placed upon her life. And, back, and and having her back and just letting her know, hey, everything's, this is what God has aligned for you up, a, up ahead. So so lean into that and go forward with uh, with confidence and knowing that this is what he's preparing um, for you. Um, and just to rewind back a little bit, that whole, that whole seer anointing, that has been from the day I got saved. Wow. That, that is actually how I got saved. Just to give, you know, your listeners a little bit of context. Um, I actually, I was, wasn't raised in the church. I wasn't brought up in a, in a, um, strong Christian community, but I had a, a, an encounter with Jesus in my room. He showed up in a vision. I, this was from my heart cry. I said, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. I want to know if you're real and forgive me for everything I've ever done and so on. And it came pouring out and I instantly saw a vision of Jesus kneeling next to me with his arm around me, a physical weight lift off my shoulders. And, and really that marked the beginning of my walk with him. And that has been as real to me as, you know, reading the word and so on. From that moment on, every time I would get um, lean into prayer or during times of worship, I would actually be able to see into the spirit realm what other people, when they were praying, I could actually see what was happening That's in the spirit. And it's always been that way. Admittedly, um, that didn't automatically mean there was a spiritual maturity there right from the get-go. That, that's, that develops over time and, and so forth, but I always had that ability to see what um, see what God was showing me. And, um, and when you say see, you say like, like describe that. Yeah. It's, 
the best way I can describe it is like dreaming, like when you're wide awake, almost like trance, like it's, it's, it's like the veil has been pulled away, but it's like, there's been times I'm not even sure, am I really here? Am I, am I in the natural realm or I'm in the spirit realm? Like, and, and Tan knows this, one of my favorite, one of my favorite things to do is actually, uh, during corporate worship. And I, it's been a really great litmus test for me whenever I go to a new place or a new church, you know, when there's during the corporate worship. I'll lean, I'll lean him and lean into that and just, and start praying in tongues. God, show me what you want to show me. It's just like, almost like riding the spiritual wave of that corporate worship. Some places, and to be honest with you, some places are completely flat, phenomenal, phenomenal presentation, you know, no, no question, but it's like, you just feel it's lacking that, that sense of the presence of God, but, but it's, um, but there's been times during those moments where I've, I've felt like I've literally been transported to another country or another place or another time. And, um, and, and the experience is so real, but it's happened over a week, a longer time period than the actual time of natural worship was. Like dream world where like a yeah, few exactly. seconds holds so much. time is completely different. There's been plenty of times. I mean, one thing, Matt, Matt is an intercessor. I'm as well. I'm going to brag on him. I mean, he's a, he's an intercessor. When we first got married, he would, he, big intercessor. I thought initially he was just trying to impress me. You know, I figured. <laughs> well, it might've been a little. <laughs> I little bit of that. But you know, as it stayed up and he kept it up for the whole, our whole married life, I went, no, this guy, he really gets, he is an intercessor. And there's been plenty of times when he's come out and said, Tan, I'm pretty sure I've been in another nation. Like, and when you dream, when you have those visions, it's like dreaming awake. But the whole, the way you describe it to me is that everything complete, the whole natural realm completely peels away and completely disappears. Mm-hmm. So it is like going into that transcendent state. So I'm excited for you to share because clearly, I mean, one of the things with an intercessor, and and I know you, Pastor Devin, we've been praying into this nation, and we're experiencing things that no other generation has experienced. Uh, we're encountering things that we, we we've not gone this way before so we need to be in the presence of god and you know we can look with our natural eyes and we can take our cues from cnn fox news social media looking with your natural eyes but we're called to discern the times not to become like the times right and our responsibility at this time and a lot of people know all the conspiracies that are out there, all the different things that are happening. But do you know what God's doing? Because at the end of the day, success is walking with God and fulfilling what he wants to do. And God has called each and every one of us to be a part of this time at his story. Like you've been hardwired by God to be here. So we've got to find out, God, what are you doing? And we've got to jump on board with what God's doing. So I love that, Matt. He is constantly in, in in praying, seeking God for this nation. We became Americans last year, so yeah. just last year, just last yep. year, we, last we took the pledge. We took the pledge. We learned the secret handshake and everything. Yeah. So. Why don't you just go ahead and tell them where your accent's from? Because they're all probably trying to figure it out yeah. if they can't already. We, we're New Zealand, where they filmed Lord of the Rings. We're a bunch of hobbits. We're like, <laughs> we're hot. we're New Zealanders, and met in Australia. Had our family in Australia. And funny, funny thing, a lot of people ask me, what's the difference between New Zealanders and Australians? And I say, well, New Zealanders are like English hobbits. Australians are like Texan hobbits. Yeah. So New Zealanders are a little bit more genteel. They were good manners. Australians are like Texans. Like, well, you're the boss of us. We'll take territory. But um, but we, we love it here. God 
God called us here. We've lived in different parts of the world, but we're so honored to be and, here. You know, the interesting thing, and I'll, and I'll add to that, when we first arrived here, because God's taken us on assignment after assignment over, over the years. And and, um, and when we first arrived here in the U.S., I remember asking God, God, are we, are we passing through? Is this another assignment? And he immediately told me, he said, no, you put down roots here. This is your new home. Australia, New Zealand is not your home now. This is your home. So, and the reason why I wanted to mention that, I think God, there's been a, reposition, a repositioning of so many people during this last season, but there's also been a, what I would call a pre-positioning. Like we, we God pre-positions components of an army ready for him to move forward. And I, and I actually really believe God's brought us here as part of a, a much larger movement about, of what he's about to do. So it's a strategic pre-positioning for what he has up ahead. And really, our, and, I, and I want to say our first few years was, it's actually felt like it, almost like an acclimation to, you know, a different, a different, um, a different culture, a different setting. And actually at the same time, is he stretching us and growing as he always does with all of us till the time he takes us home, never, never stops. But this is, I very much feel like there's a pre-positioning for what comes next. And there's been a, obviously a lot of repositioning for others as well. Well, that's what I thought I would highlight there. I know there are people listening right now. We're just having conversation, but it's hitting places in their spirit because they they might be in that pre-positioning, repositioning, which I've never heard it put that way. And that's powerful. And I think at the end, I'll, I made a note because I want you to pray over those that are going through that. I think a lot of people are shifting and this podcast is for them today. And and then I was even thinking about the seer anointing you walk in and even the word trance. We were discussing this in class yesterday as we were looking at the history of Marie Woodworth Edder, Edder or Marie Woodworth Edder. Um, and, and that anointing was on her ministry. And we don't really, quote, see that. And that we were talking with our students that we probably do see it. We don't know what to say it is. And I think the gift you have is needed more. I think it actually exists more. The church doesn't know how to steward it. And there could be people listening right now that say, that happens to me or, you know, but they don't have someone in their life that tells them that's actually a gift and this is how you use it. Um, And so I also want us to have a time, you might have a word of wisdom to give them now or a time of prayer at the end for those, that anointing to be um, matured, guided, I'm sharpened because if we don't have people that see in the spirit realm, we won't know what to do. And I do believe there are people that were drawn to this podcast that have your gift. They don't know what to do with it. And, and absolutely. And then and that gifting is when I when I look back at that the very first time that I that I had the, the very first vision, I think there there was so much maturing that has taken place since then. That was almost forty years ago. And I and I have to say like, I've grown tremendously, you know, um since that point. Um, I didn't even know how to read a Bible. Like right at that point, I had to learn everything from scratch. But at the same time, having the able to see in the spirit realm, it's really quite an unusual. Uh, it was actually really quite an unusual circumstance. So there's been so much maturing that's that's developed over over time and understanding how to what do I do with this? I sense that the Lord is showing me this. What do I do with it? Going like, what do you want me to do? Why are you showing me this? And I've learned like over the years to ask ask specific questions. Lord, is this a is this a is this a vision that you're showing me for now? Is this just for me? Is this something that um, you want to share? And and also about timing as well. Timing's critically important. Um, so yeah, there, there's so much we could unpack just on this on this one. Yeah, I'm like, can I get you to do another podcast with that? <laughs> People are going to be writing and saying we need to know more. So I'm like, I want to hear more about that. And I think it's so funny because you took us right back around to timing, which is which is your gift. So. 
No, we can talk about that as much as you want to. And I do want to hear, you know, within, I know that you've probably learned what you speak out loud and what you keep in prayer, but Absolutely. What, as much as you can share today, I do want to say, I believe the group you're speaking to today is a group of people that pray. They love the Lord. I think it was really important you share your story about coming to the States because I know a lot of what I have heard you speak in the past has been timing for this nation. And um, you don't speak from a place of desiring platform. You speak of a plate from a place of someone who was sent here by Yahweh. You, you and Atan are truly prophets to this nation. You were repositioned to be here. You have wept over this nation. You pray for this nation. I know because I pray with this lady over here all the time who's running and going everywhere. It's not even her, the nation she was born in. She carries a burden. So I think it's important for listeners to understand what you hear is not um, from a position of disconnection. Um, the Lord put this nation in your heart, and he sent you here to speak timing to the body of Christ here. Absolutely. It, it is, and, I, and it would be fair to say I've now, I actually feel like right now that we're always meant to be here. Even, even though we grew up and was born, grew up in New Zealand, and I, and I look back and I now almost had this, this sense of, the best way I can describe it, almost an unease. I don't belong here. This doesn't actually feel like home. That's a really unusual thing to say, you know, because most people are very parochial about the countries they come from. And and, I, and don't get me wrong, I love New Zealand. It was a wonderful place to grow up, but I always had that 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 disquiet thought. Like, Hang on, this this isn't truly my home. Now now I'm here in America. This truly feels like home. This is where God always intended me to be, and and us, you know, for that matter. So. Um, you know, so there's actually been a lot, great burden that he's placed on both of our hearts for the for this nation. You know, first and foremost, I love how this this nation was founded, and you know, and I know all your listeners know in American history and so on, but I, but there's something that's so endearing to me and just so resonates with my heart how this country was originally founded. You know, and and right at the very beginning, and I don't think that's gone away. That's America is still the same. It's still called to this still has the same calling upon it as it did way back then. Nothing has changed. Our circumstances at the moment may look like what is going on right now, but the foundation, what it was founded on, has not changed. And it was a nation. You you have to remind our sons and daughters of this because they're losing the history of America. And as tainted as it is, we're not ignorant of that history. That foundation is it was a, a nation founded for faith and a nation founded for God. Um, and we can't lose that because without the foundation, it can't stand. So, well, then why don't you just dive into what you have picked up on, especially as someone coming into this nation? What What is it, Tom, for what's God saying? What's he done in the past and what's he about to do? Sure. Um, over the over the past few years, I mean, there, there's been a lot of things that, God had, that God's shown me and spoken to me about, you know, like all different contexts, all different um, topics, but there was a couple of things I, I just want to I just want to highlight in particular that may that people might find helpful, just to give some context of what's happened and what's about to happen. Um, and I'll start with uh, back in 2007, 2017, I was in prayer, and and the Lord just showed me this, you know, opened up this vision to me, and but just like in the natural realm, you something can catch you can catch something out of the corner of your eye. The same thing happened to me in the spirit realm. But with my spiritual eyes, something caught the corner of my eye and I turned to look. And off in the distance on the horizon, I see this great dust cloud, like this storm cloud coming coming off the desert and was on the horizon. And afterwards, I remember asking, well, what, what, what was that? What is that? And he said, like, 
Don't be concerned about that right now. This is 2017. So don't be concerned about that now. That's a long way off um, yet. Um, but when it, when it strikes, people won't see it coming because I'm not looking in that direction when, mm-hmm. when, when it comes. This is 2017. Um, two, two weeks later, he shows me, he shows me an, another, another vision. And I see um, this, this very bright white room is very clean, very bright white, and there's a, there's a doorway. And I see myself standing in the doorway and I'm looking out. And this dust cloud has hit. And there's dust, dust swirling everywhere to the, to the point where um, you, you can barely see. But I can just make out people groping around the darkness, trying to feel their, feel their way in the darkness. Like it's swir- swirling around. But strangely, none of the dust was coming into the room. Nothing was coming. Even the door was wide open and it was a big door. Um, none of the dust was coming into the room. And I could see these people groping around. They had no bearings. They didn't know where they were going. What is happening right now? And I remember crying out in this vision, so come to the sound of my voice. You will find shelter here. And really, that was that was really about us as, as, as Christian leaders and anyone in the faith calling out to those people who are displaced, that have lost their bearings, they don't know what's going on. Come, you know, come, come into the house of the Lord. You'll find shelter here. You'll find peace here. What is going on out there is not going to affect you in here and his presence. Um, but he did, but the Lord showed me that people uh, where they once had faith, they, they knew exactly where their bearings were because they could see, okay, they, I can, I know where my, where my gas station is. I can see this church steeple here. I, I've got my bearings. I know exactly where, where we are. You know, we can see with our natural senses. But everyone knows what's happened in the last few years. Everything's all over the map. There's so much going on, swirling around. All the things that were once familiar are no longer familiar. You know, left is right, or, you know, up is down, black is white. It's it's all over the map. Um, he did tell me that when this when this dust storm came, there'll be it's not a natural disaster. That people would be greatly disturbed by what yeah. happened and greatly rattled by it. So that that was 2017. Fast forward to 2020, at the start of a new decade, you know, the decade of the mouth, the, the pay, you know, the, the spoken word. We were in Israel. Yeah. We were in Israel. We were away with some um, friends of ours from the upper room and a few other ministries just decided 2020, we were going to start off our year in Israel seeking God and we we're all of a prophetic bunch. So I remember, Matt, we were praying into what, what 2020 what had for us. We were really years of yeah. 2020. We're actually really excited. Wow, this is a whole new decade. Like, what, what are you, what are you going to do? And instantly, he shows me this, this um, vision of a dust storm. But, it, but this time, it's so close that I can almost reach out and touch it. This is on January first, twenty twenty. Wow, it's so close. But it stretched up to the sky, and it's right in front of me. And, um, and um, instantly he. So God, what is this? Is this the same? And he said, yes, this is the same dust storm that I, that I showed you. And this is what he told me. And I, and I just want to read out because I took notes yeah, of like, do. and he said, said to me, son, this next decade will be marked by a great deal of global unrest. The tides of social, economic, and political upheaval are about to shift quickly and dramatically. What was once certain will become uncertain. What was once secure will become insecure. What was once immovable will become movable. Many will have the foundation of their lives shaken when what they have placed as security in is threatened. And as a result, many will search for and cry out to me, and I will answer them. The great dust storm I've shown you is very close at hand, 
but those who have their foundation in me will not be moved. And then he also told me um, several days later, I was still, you know, we were still talking about it. And he said to me, like, know that even in the midst of what appears to the natural eye to be chaos and disorder, my divine plans are at work. My plans are far above the understanding of men. And in truth, there is only divine order and peace attached to them. This is a time for hearts to disengage from the distractions and the idols of the world and to re-engage with me. And as I've told you before, no harm will fall those whose sure foundation is me, is in me. And it's time to remove the leaven of the world from your lives. So he showed me clearly, listen, this is this is an, all the disruption, the turmoil. Listen, this is going to go on for a little while. And that's not a, that's not a message of doom or gloom, you know, you know, whatsoever. You know, God is in control. He knows exactly what's going on. He exists out. Everyone knows like he exists outside of time. He knows the end from the beginning. We know those who have confidence is in him. We're not to be dismayed by, by any of it. I think is I want to jump in just because of what you said, because I feel like prophetic voices, apostolic voices, just any voice of truth right now has been so filtered and edited, especially since 2020. And um, I think it's important that we understand as the body of Christ, truth is not always pleasant, and that's okay. And blessing, it does not always mean um, that life will be easy. Uh, Jesus was the most blessed individual on the earth, God in the flesh. And if you look at his life, every day wasn't tulips and roses. Um, And I think we have lived in the facade of the American church that if the word of God in any way makes us second guess or causes us to take a deep breath or has any negativity toward it, that it is not the word of the Lord. Um, and that's an immature perspective. You know, I, I remember when God had this conversation with me years ago, I was praying something for my children and God showed me something and I didn't want to see it. And I remember saying, Lord, I don't like that. I, I don't want that season. And God said, do you want me to filter what I say to you or do you want to receive truth? Because you asked me a question and I realized God was maturing my relationship with him. So I said all that to say this, we are in a decade of a lot that's going to happen. And if we don't release the pulpits of America and the, the prophetic platforms of America to speak truth without ridicule, we will be caught off guard. And somehow we have got to disconnect from this um, really lie, deception of religion that if it's negative in any way, it's not the word of the Lord. The purpose of the negative is to keep you in the positive and to keep you in line. And so I just pray for more people like you and other voices like that in the nation that you don't run into the filter of religion that leaves us groping in the dark because we don't hear the right voices. And I think it's okay to say there are hard times coming because that doesn't mean there's not redemption in that. But God is ready to speak truth to his bride. I just don't know if we're ready to hear it. So true. You know, God promised, you, you know, we there. God says his storms will come. God doesn't offer us a storm-free life, but he offers us a storm-proof life. And I think that's the key right there. Yeah, I mean, he's got a whole lot of good stuff. Keep going. Say. Keep going. What else? No, a- absolutely. Um, and I th- and I really do believe it's God is raising up, calling out the Mordecai's and Esther's. This is a time for intercession and to intercede on behalf of a nation. Really, this this is such a such a critical time. And I and I just wanted to share a couple of things that he's 
just to highlight a couple of things that I think, okay, this is on a, on a macro scale. This is what God has been having me, you know, pray into. And I, and I'll, and I'll share one in particular. And when I think about, um, this, it actually really grips me, you know, quite strongly back at the beginning of 2021. So it, so a year later, obviously a lot had happened over the, over 2020. We're in we're in um, corporate prayer and and corporate intercession, and I and I instantly see this vision of a of a, of a great city on a hill. And it's and I, and I'd often see um, I often see um, a lot of visions that that, that that seem to have a context of nighttime because light stands out stronger at nighttime. Like it's a sea of the city on the hill, and it was this beautiful covered in lights and this beautiful lights, and it got light was stronger at the top than the, the bottom, and it was and you could see it for miles and miles around. But what was interesting about this city is like, if you can imagine them, it was being powered by a dynamo, but the, but the light was waning and then it would brighter go brighter again. Then it was waning and going brighter and brighter again. And it was, it was almost like the light was just like struggling to stay, stay lit, but it was bright, then, then less bright, bright and less bright. Um, but out in the darkness, I could see these enormous wolves like out in the darkness, like with their eyes fixed intently on this, on this, on the city, they they were they were envious of the position that the city occupied and and they wanted they wanted it for themselves but they couldn't come close because of the light as i saw the light start you know fading they were leaning a little closer as a light um, got brighter they would you know back off a bit but they were always there with absolutely fixated on 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 the city trying to you know and occupy its position and um but then and i and i hope this is an encouragement and you can interpret this you know how you will I remember seeing the, these five dark figures right at the very top, right at the very top of this, where the light was the strongest, at the top of this hill, being suddenly being ejected and thrown out. There were five. There were five of them suddenly being like tossed out, and all of a sudden the light came on brightly again. Um, and um, so it came. So it came brighter. That's what released the light for the of the um, the city to come um, brighter again. And for me, that, and of course, when you think back, what happened at the beginning of 2021, I'm going to leave that to every listener. I'm, I don't need to spell okay. it. And you can always, on this podcast, you can say whatever you want, but that's okay. You get that. Well, wow. So it was actually a source of, after, after everything that happened transpired at like the end of 2020 and the beginning of 21, you know, especially, you know, politically. And, and to be honest with you, I didn't realize this fully appreciate the, the significance of the metaphor of city of city on a hill, but I realized, Hey, that, that is by that, um, I guess that picture has played quite a prominent, been quite a prominent fixture in politics. Has been quoted many, many times. I found out since starting with um, JFK, you know, onwards that it's been quite a fixture. So I didn't realize fully being a foreigner <laughs> or recent a new, a newly a new immigrant the significance of that until until later on. But it, I just wanted to mention that as a as a source of hope. That it's not all it's not all downhill from here. God has a plan, but I think we have a part to play into that as as prayer warriors and 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 I know that some are called to do some practical things too, and that as well as as in as in prayer. So so I just wanted to encourage those out listening. It's not as God God knows what's up what's up ahead, and He always has a plan. So so be encouraged by that. What, do, what are some of the other things that God's told you? Yeah, and there were um, other things. Um, like later on that year, I remember um, seeing this. We're in, again in intercession, seeing this um, and this this big building, and it looked to me like um, 
what the Supreme Court looks like, the building looking down from above. And I'm not saying it was a Supreme Court, but it was really symbolizing the, the legal system. And what I saw was the, I could see this, this smoke coming out of this, or this dark black cloud coming out the front of this, out of this building, just billowing out. Out of the legal system. Yeah, and it, and it was really symbolizing the legal system. I thought, actually, what this is... when you told me, I remember when you had this vision and you actually told me, I think you mentioned it was, you thought like it was a Supreme Court that got pushed. Yeah, it looked like the Supreme Court building, but I'm, I'm interpreting this as like the legal system and that representing the highest, obviously the highest court of the land. And I remember that, where is all this, where is this black smoke coming from? And then I saw this hand like lift the lid, lift the roof completely off, off, I kind of love, I even, let's just sit on that because I feel like that's what God's going to do. He's going to lift the lid yeah. off this whole thing. Okay. So then what happened? And then, and then when I, when I, when I saw inside, you know, when, uh, if you've ever seen those movies, uh, where they, when somebody lets off a smoke grenade, it was like inside that smoke was coming from one source, from one specific source. It wasn't pervading the entire legal system or the entire building, but there was one source, like somebody had let off a smoke grenade that was tainting the entire and, and obscuring the vision and and, and affecting the entire um, system from from one source and it was very black very inky and I knew straight away oh, this isn't a demonic assignment against the the legal system in this land so that's what he had me you know praying into and leaning into and we can all there's there's barely a, a headline that goes past on every single day that there's some issue um, a lot of contention around the legal system and the, and the courts, you know, across the nation. So I'd really encourage those who, who feel called to prayer into this nation to pray into the legal system, that God lifts the lid on things that need to be. Yeah, I'm going to pause on that for just a second because, and like I said, I need you to come back for like 10 podcasts, all of you, because the American church, we're really an identity crisis on knowing what we do and don't pray for, you know, and, and now we don't know, do we pray for politics and government and legal, you know, or do we not? Does that make us Christian nationalists and all kinds of other things? And I still firmly believe that um, the, the structure of mankind in any nation is still influenced by the Lord, used by the Lord, attempted to be used by the enemy, and those structures must be prayed for by the church. Um, especially the legal system. And I, I'll share a quick story. I remember our students, we went to Washington several years ago, and I would love to sit down and figure out the timing of these visions and the timing of some of these occurrences. Um, but we went to pray at the Supreme Court. It happened to be during the Kavanaugh trials, which was a really highly publicized um, uh, time, the trials that we were trying to put him in as a Supreme Court judge and very controversial we had planned the trip a year ahead of time. We didn't mean to be there at that time, but it was for such a time as this. God had us there. So we had to go pray at night. It wasn't intentional. There was no way to pray in front of the Supreme Court during the day because of all the protests and the danger. So we went at 10 o'clock at night with a bunch of 6th through 12th graders and we're praying. And I will never forget what I saw because just in case someone's listening and doesn't think the enemy targets our court system, or like you said, the dark smoke was a demonic cloud. Here we were as Christians, ignorant of the fact that maybe we were supposed to be there at 10 o'clock at night praying as students. And one of my teachers came and we were praying at the bottom and said, Devin, I need you to turn around. And when I looked, there were a group of witches that had gathered. We had gone up there to pray and they were hiding behind the bushes. And they had gone up there to pray at the steps of the Supreme Court. And they had their black drapes and they had incense burning. I mean, it was, a, it was no question about it. It was demonic cultic activity. Um, and there was a little confrontation and they did leave. 
but that was their nightly ritual. They they nightly prayed there where Christians were not praying. This was one of the first times there was actually prayer from Christians that interrupted them. Right. That's why they were there. And even later when we had some pictures taken, we were going through school pictures. There were actually, it's the only time I've ever had this happen, a photograph that carried captured two demonic spirits that were visibly in the photographs in front of that Supreme Court. Why did I stop to share that story? Because the enemy is operating in an authority that the church has really gifted him and gave him because we don't think we're supposed to pray that way. And what you're pointing out is where God's focus and attention is. And we do have to pray for our court system from the head down, just like we have to pray for our governing body and all the, all, you know, all the branches. Um, and there is something so strategic on the enemy's mind about influencing the justice and the judgments of this nation that affect us for generations to come. So when did you say that dream was? This was in, uh, it was in 2021. So I hope it stirs prayer warriors that are listening, not to come, not the watchman, not to come off the wall of that, that justice in the natural realm still matters to God and the court system matters to him. Uh, ab- ab- absolutely. I mean, I think... Um... I mean, it's such a it's such a pivotal time for this nation, and it's like there's no standing back. That, well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, irrespective. No, I, I want to encourage anyone listening to listen. If you are listening to this, you have a part to play in what happens next, and to lean in and press in God. What is the part that you need me to play? Every soldier in a battle, in a spiritual battle, every soldier counts. No one gets to sit on the sideline. Oh well, we'll see how this plays out. Trying to think, I know how it's going to play. No, no, no. We're all called to step onto the, onto the battlefield and actually take our position. But we all have a role and responsibility to lean into God. What do you require of me in this time, in this moment? What do you need me to lay down to focus on what is important to your heart now during this time? Because it's not a bit, not just about us. It's for those who, who haven't even been reconciled to Christ yet. It's about them as much as it is about us and the, and the church. And of course, God's kingdom is expanding. But we have a role to play as he as he works in and through us with its intercessors, with those who put in some very practical um, positions of of influence in government, in the economy, in all manner of different places. And I and I want to I want to say that um, you know, and just coming back to the the legal system, and I I believe there's some absolutely wonderful, wonderful, godly people working in the system. By you know, the majority of people who, who serve faithfully day in day out. I just say it's a sm- it's a it's a small minority that's impacting the whole, say that and that again. and that's where God is bringing the focus and attention to that 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 small vocal minority that's that's tainting the whole. And also, it gives the appearance of something way bigger, so, and yeah, so a little bigger. Yeah. And this is the thing, you know, when when we're called to take territory, you often see the presence of giants, and. I mean, we've seen the COVID giant, the political giant, all the different giants. Maybe you've got the financial giant. That is the greatest indication that we're called to take territory is when the giants are assembling. Um, And throughout our lives, we will constantly come to borders and thresholds where the enemy says, you get to go this far and no further. And I think that's what's been happening. The enemy has tried to draw a line with the church and say, church, you get to go this far and no further. And that spirit of intimidation. What happens next? Your perception of who God is will profoundly impact what happens next in this nation. And we're called to magnify God, not magnify the giants. And the thing that I love about this vision that God showed Matt is it was a very small component 
Yet the enemy would think he's way bigger than God. And that is the enemy's strategy. And that's what happened with David and Goliath. All of Israel was terrified by the size of Goliath. They were terrified. These are God's people. They walked with God. They knew God was real. But they were terrified by the size of Goliath. But David was not looking with his natural eyes. David's focus wasn't on the size of Goliath. God's fo David's focus was on the size of God. And I think it's so easy to get focused on the Goliaths. And we do. We can get focused on the different Goliaths. And those Goliaths are there to try and keep the church in its place. But I believe we are living in a, a very, very exciting time in the kingdom. We are experiencing... It is such an invitation from God to step in to something brand new. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm so thrilled that God brought us here for this time in his story because I believe that God is about to release forerunners and I believe there's a move of God that is the enemy has tried to trigger a demonic revival, a counterfeit for what is coming. And so he's just tried to get ahead of the game. But I believe that as we focus on the size of God and magnify God over this nation, and put God over every circumstance, over every Goliath, I believe you're going to start to see things diminish. And uh, and that's what he's getting the intercessors praying into. Hey, listen, I love the fact that, that, that God taking the lid off, exposing it. And that's what the enemy does. He creates a smoke screen. And I think we've seen so much smoke go out. And we're thinking that it's the bigger than what it actually is. Yeah. Can I just say smoke and mirrors? It's been a lot. And mirrors. Yeah. Smoke and mirrors, but I kind of love, I, I love that God is all over this. God's not surprised. Heaven's not afraid. Heaven's not afraid. God's not, God did not take a coffee break and COVID happened. He's up to something. He's up to something very unique in this nation. You know, this nation, 400 years ago, when you look at 2020, four, counting back 400 years from 2020, the Mayflower arrived. What did they do? Why did you come here? You came here seeking religious freedom. Yeah. You came here seeking religious freedom. And one thing I've learned with God, it's interesting. God often, when he's getting ready to do something in a nation, 400 years is significant. You had the Israelites coming out. They were in Egypt for 400 years. You've got from Malachi to the New Testament. Is it Malachi for the New Testament? 400 years. And the significance of 400 years, it lands us from the Mayflower arriving 2020. Now, that is significant. The Mayflower, you came seeking religious freedom. It's not lost on me that 2020, when the year that the COVID broke out, I believe God has allowed crisis, the same way he allowed crisis with the Israelites to come out of Egypt, to come out of that place of confinement. And Egypt is Mitzrayim which means confined place. And I believe the church has been in a confined place for far too long. God never intended his church to be a container for Christians. When God gave Adam the mandate to subdue the world, the garden, he gave the mandate to subdue the garden. His intention was that he would subdue the world. And what we've had, God never intended his church to be a container for Christians. He intended us to be outside subduing the world. And the reason why we've got things going on in this world at the moment is because Christians have treated the world like we're the goodies and the world's the baddies. And if we get out, we'll contaminate ourselves. That it is the greatest lie She's of the enemy. We are supposed to be in this world. We're supposed to be in this world. So I believe what's happening, is we are in a strategic God-ordained Kairos time 
God is using this, the enemy, what the enemy's thinking, he's got the monopoly on. You cannot outmaneuver God. You can't outplay God. You can't outwit God. God is up to something. And that something involves you, church. That something involves you, leader. And what if God is trying to break the containers of religion? Jesus came to tear the walls and doors of religion off its hinges to let the church out. And I believe what's happening is we came seeking religious freedom. God is wanting to give us freedom. And so what's happening at the moment, COVID started a cycle of actually people. Um, it stopped the cycle, religious cycle of church on Sunday, connect group Wednesday, Bible study Friday, repeat church on Sunday. You know, we just got into a cycle, a routine of religious systems and programs. And I believe we're in this time, this incredible, incredible invitation from God to partner with him and take territory. We're called to take territory. The greatest indication, if you've got some giants, you're facing giants with your church, you're facing giants with house giants, whatever giant you're facing, the size of the giant that we're facing at the moment is the size of the upgrade God wants to give us. That's so so powerful, and I, I, like as me being the recipient of both of you, just just releasing the word of the Lord today, it is such a Mordecai moment. Because isn't that what he did to Esther? He came to her and said, "It's you, yeah, yep. it's you. Actually, it's your time to do yep. something, and this is what you're going to do." And she was like, "Not today." And he said, "That's fine. If you don't, you'll perish. But if you do, you might turn this whole thing around." And I'm hearing that in both of your voices. It's this provoking voice of the Lord, provoking the church to movement, that this is not time to hear the bad report and expect someone else to do something about it. Esther probably heard Mordecai thought he was going to tell her what he was going to do. But really, his voice was saying, no, it's your time to do something. And so, and I want you to continue and everything, listen, if we have to break this up, if, if everyone has to listen to it in three portions, they know I don't care about, there's not a clock in this room on purpose. I want them to hear the word of the Lord. And I do believe the end result is them understanding. This isn't just a cool podcast so you can hear a prophetic word of what's coming. It should provoke you to get in your position for this time. No, absolutely. And and in each and everything that I've been sharing is really is really a call to action rather than oh, okay, yeah, that's interesting. That's what's gonna happen. No, it's actually a it's meant to be a catalyst for for an action. Hey God, what what is what do you require of me in this moment? What do you require of me in this time? What do you require of me to lay down, to step aside, to press into you more? Because as Tan as Tan mentioned, like COVID, it broke it broke a pattern, it broke a cycle of behavior, uh, and it was really to break people out of the familiar. And and as and as and as humans, listen, we all we all whether we consciously or sub, subconsciously realize it or not, we all adhere to certain patterns of comfort and familiarity and. Where we start freaking out is when things start like, oh, hang on a minute, this is, I'm broken out of my pattern, or hang on, this doesn't feel comfortable. We get so used to routine and the comfortable. Um, and again, that can be religious patterns, they can be all manner of different things. So I think COVID really broke a cycle and broke, you know, broke, a, broke the container, if you like. I, I, I honestly think that this is the greatest gift for the church, Jenny. I mean, I mean, God. Let me let me make it really clear. God did not give us COVID, but God will use any strategy of the enemy and go cause everything to work together for, according to His plans and His purposes. But I I believe that we, if we look with our natural eyes, you'll probably come undone by what you see. But we're called 
to look with the eyes of our spirit and say, God, what are you doing? I believe we're in one of the most exciting times for this nation. Like we are, we are in the most exciting time for this nation. I believe that. And but but and and I guess we were just earlier sharing with some of the students here on here on site, and we mentioned you know, the the yarn story in Two Kings chapter six about um, Elisha. You know, he was he was in the city of Dothan with his with his servant, and um, and his servant wakes up and realizes that they're surra- completely surrounded by the Syrian army because. Elisha's been sharing the, the Syrian king's secrets, and so he's he's not happy about that, not happy one bit. So he sends a whole army, and um, of course Elisha prays, "Open the eyes of your servant, Lord, to see what's really going on." And to Tan's point, it's like we can look with the eyes of our natural and see things. Oh wow, this is devastating. This is doom and gloom. We're in trouble. Which, you know, and then the natural thought, well, that's that's true. The circumstances are true. But the truth is what God just revealed by opening the eyes of the sermon to see the angel army is completely surrounding. It's a completely different situation when you look with the eyes of your spirit. So that's what I've always loved about visions is that God, I, I see this circumstance going on at the moment and it, and it looks, and it actually caught, may cause fear, may cause anxiety. But no, when you look with the eyes of your spirit, God, help me see things from your perspective. What are you doing? What are you at work in? And leaning into that. Yeah, because when you look, when you lose contact with the spiritual, you'll come undone by the natural. Because that that realm and that reality didn't change. They were surrounded, but there was there were bad circumstances. But it did not outweigh God's glory. No, God. no. So that's it. And I think this is the key as leaders: is that our responsibility is to figure out, God, what are you doing, and partner with it, and see things from heaven's perspective. And take this is this for me. I feel like I mean we're so honoured to be here. Gosh, we love America. First thing we did as soon as we became American citizens, we went home and put out the flag. We put, oh, we, we put a flag up, and and I'll admit I we got to work on our accent now. We got to try and they kind of go. Don't lose your accent. Don't lose. Well, so I don't want to jump ahead because if you have more of what God has shown you, we want to hear it all. But um, I have a feeling sitting at this table that. Um, what do you feel like is on the horizon? What do you feel like as uh, Christian leaders who are listening to this, moms who are leading their households and dads, um, with this decade being a decade where there might be some upheaval, I wish we could have had you on a podcast in 2017 and even on January 1st, 2020, because you might have saved a lot of believers from acting in chaotic ways because they would have been prepared. If you could go back and pretend that this is that moment, sure. what would you say based on your prayer life with Yahweh to help us prepare for what's coming. Okay, let me, let me speak into this year. Um, I was I was recently praying and saying, like, God, this is this there's obviously a lot going on, like socially, politically, and so many arenas, like like in the economy. It's like, wow, this is this is gonna be an interesting year. Like anyone anyone can figure that out for themselves. And I remember like praying and saying, God, what what's what's happening? What's happening? And he, and he actually showed me back back in Australia. We'd often have these massive storms blow through, like they come mid afternoon, and they were like they come hard and fast, and there was this all noise and a lot of shaking, and a lot and and a lot of cases some damage was um, being done as well. And while I was praying, I actually saw the storm coming, and actually blowing. I saw a storm front coming, blowing through. But like all storms, they pass. Make no mistake. Like 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 Tan mentioned earlier. Listen. Storms will come in life. God promises us a storm-proof life, not a storm-free life. There is a storm coming. 
And what I want to what I want to encourage people is that oh, what I what I actually saw is the storm blowing through, and and I saw a lot of people hunkered down, just hanging on, just hanging in there and praying. That's all they could do was just hang in and pray. And it was like a you know all the wind, all the rain, all the all the turbulence and and so on, but just hang in and and pray it. But I saw the storm pass. But those who had their confidence and foundation firmly fixed on Christ were fine. They're they're their dwell, what they had wealth, what they were dwelling in was was untouched. It was they came out intact. But what I also saw was um, there were some buildings, some dwellings that had actually started falling apart because they had areas of their dwelling that that had not been paid attention to. There was that had um, some of the some of the woodwork of their dwelling, their dwelling places had rotted out. That allowed rot to come in. They hadn't taken care of it to make it. When the storm, when the storms of life come, they hadn't fully prepared themselves for what was coming, in terms of their own heart posture, their own heart condition, that the things that they were holding on to, that they were supposed to let go of or lay down, or like that the Holy Spirit is speaking to them, hey, you need to, you need to let that go, um, and it's really a time to, it's time for us to get our personal lives and our personal homes in order you know, for, for what's coming because that's what will preserve you and take you through because our confidence is firmly, our firm foundation is on him and in him and my life. But so it's it's like take heed, do a personal inventory, say, God, what, what do I need to prepare for what's coming ahead? And give, and I would encourage anyone to say, Lord, here's a, you have a VIP all access backstage pass to my life. If there's any anything, and I mean anything, that is out of order, now is the time to, you know, make it right or, you know, bring things in alignment and prepare for, you know, for this, for the storms of life. And that applies for all storms of life. But I, but I saw that coming, but I, but after that, I saw a period of restoration that I saw like scaffolding going up. There's a time and I saw blue skies and I, and, and I personally believe we're actually going to enter into a time of, of, of a reprieve after, after this year. And I can see it's going to be a time of rebuilding. I saw scaffolding going up. I saw restoration of things that needed to be restored. I saw um, things that need to be um, corrected, being corrected. So I personally believe like after this year, we're going to go into a period where a lot of things that are out of order right now are going to be redressed. I actually saw in the same vision, I saw some communities that were just like on their knees, praising God and thanking God for bringing bringing them safely through this and giving thanks and glory to God. And their communities were completely untouched by what had just passed by. But I also saw other communities that had looked that were like really that were really messed up by the storm that had blown through, and they were and I could see this lingering like the angst. I could see the angst in their hearts, like oh, what just happened? And I could see the the lingering anger and and angst and a few spot fires flaring up here and there because of the damage that was done. And again, I'm talking I'm talking spiritually. This is not a physical storm. I believe this is a spiritual storm. So make no mistake, storm is coming, but take but our, when our confidence is in Christ we have absolutely nothing to fear in a way. so do you think the greatest form of preparation for what's coming is purity of heart and singing 100%, 100% I actually think this is all about this is all about a, a trend that's completely being transparent before God he says you shall have no other gods before me anything that he touches anything he touches on and and it, and it applies to all of us anything he puts his finger on say hey Let's talk about this. You know this area that you haven't fully laid down. Anything that you can't lay down at a moment's notice is a god. 
as a personal God. Like you shall have no other gods before me. Any area that says, oh God, you can, you have all access to these areas of my life. Oh, but not that. I can't lay, I can't lay that down. You're asking me to lay, that has become a God. They have no other gods before me. So this is a time for personal purity, for, for holiness. Again, that, that, that all VIP, all access pass to all areas of my life gone. And that's what it will be. Our, that'll be our, our, pres- he'll be our preservation. Selah, sit on that for a moment. So in the, one of the vision that you had at the first of 2020, you saw a dust cloud. And this one, you saw a storm like you saw in Australia. Um, and in either, because I guess I'm trying to also provoke those that are seers listening, you know, the symbolism was so different, yet the result was so the same. When you had that that dust cloud vision and you knew something was coming, um, did God give you any idea of the details of what that was? When you see this storm coming, did God give you any details on what that was? Are you just, it's just a different symbolism of something that will cause a temporary upheaval. And as you see those things, do you pray into that? Do you just let that be with the Lord and you focus on the preparation part or what do you do with that? Okay. Um, just rewinding back to that, that, that dust cloud. I mean, he made it very clear to me, Hey, this is going to be global. It's going to be a wave that sweeps, sweeps around the world, you know, and it's, and it's going to peak this certain, at this certain time. And, and like, and if you, if you go back and look at the graphs of like, you know, the peaks and troughs of COVID, he said, listen, that's going to peak around Passover. You know, when it first came through, and if you go back and you look at that, you know, sure enough, we had that first peaking wave then, and then the subsequent waves after that. He said, this, this will be like a passing wave, but it's not going to cause any physical damage. I, I, I had no insight whatsoever that's going to be like, um, like the pandemic as it, as it played out, but he did say it was not going to be a, a physical, you know, a physical, manif- um, I was going to cause damage to infrastructure like a, like a regular disaster at, at all. Um, Oh, let me, let me think about this for a second. He did, yeah, he did show me that people would lose their bearings because of it, because that's, that's right. This, this is what I wanted to say. He said, like, like any passing wave, for those of you who've been to the beach and, you know, you're, and you're in the, in the surf, when a wave comes, it stirs up all the sand and the sediment that's at the bottom and it's all cloudy and so on until it, until it all settles back around. He said that everything, all this dust that you're seeing or everything that's being stirred up, he said it was always there. All, and all the manifestation of the things that have suddenly come out of, as a result of this passing wave. You think about all the disruptions socially, economically, politically, and so on that's happened since. He said all those underlying things were always there. They've just been stirred up by this passing wave. So, so it's not like they were never there. This is not a new thing. It was just lying dormant all this time. So that, that catalyst of that, you know, the COVID pandemic, the pass-through, it has stirred up so much and things have not gone back to how they were beforehand. And so my, when the Lord shows me things like that, I, the first thing I ask him, I, I try really, really hard not to put my own interpretation on because I've been wrong many times. I'm like, oh, okay, God, show me this, so therefore that. And I've, and I've tried to lean into the God, what are you showing me there? What does this mean? What does the dust mean? What, is, what does this component mean? And so on, and trying to get as much detail as I, as I possibly can. And then the next thing is like, God, what, what do you require of me and showing this? What do you need for me? And sometimes 
Sometimes it's been like, I just need you to pray into this. I need you to part with me in, in the session on this. Sometimes he's he's told me, I want you to share this as, as a as a warning to others. And 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 I actually I actually did to you know members in our in our church at the time. You know, actually um, shared with them in a meeting. Hey, this is what the Lord's showing me, and this is how we posture ourselves, and so on. Um, so it, it just depends. That it, I guess the key is not to run ahead in our own interpretation and our own understanding, even on timings. That's a difficult part, um, and a challenging. I'm I'm having this moment for all those that are listening that are from our area, the Chattanooga area, our church body, and I know people will listen globally, but. Um, during the pandemic and during Passover, which was a timing you highlighted then, you know, the Lord said to you it would Passover, just like Passover. And that was one of the peaks. We actually were having, um, a prayer meeting through zoom at midnight on Passover night. I can't remember the context. It was just a crazy Devin thing at that moment. We had actually put lights on our doors for Passover and this region experienced both things. We were in the middle of the COVID wave. But at midnight on Passover, some of the uh, most historically damaging tornadoes this region had ever experienced, we had a wave of storms come through. I lived up on a hill at that time, and we could see as I was trying to do prayer, we had to stop prayer because of the storms. And it was bittersweet. Some of the people had stayed up till midnight for prayer, and it saved their lives because they heard the sirens. But it, it devastated our area. I'm just you're painting a prophetic picture that some in our region actually walked through. But then it's been a time of rebuilding. Even some of our own church members, their houses were devastated. Now they're living in new homes that that devastation happened, but then it came in and rebuilding. So I think I'm having a personal moment saying, wow, at the turn of the decade, we might have in this city experienced both waves of what's coming in this decade, the wave of COVID and this understanding of the expression of the storms and how it lasts for just a moment. And it can be devastating in that moment. Um, but you come on the other side praising him for sustaining you. And he does restore and rebuild. And some of our, even our people walked that journey. And so that's just amazing that the Lord has shown you those things for this time frame. And I feel like even in the city, we've lived both of them. I know, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the timing, one thing you've, I've learned over the years is just a, is to really take note of significant timings. Oh, this happened on on such and such a date. This happened on this date, and like really present at the timings, particularly on the Jewish calendar as well. Um, you know, like for example, um, I remember the first time our, our previous church, the the day that we walked into the, and I didn't realize this at the time, we were stepping into a new season, and the very first time we we walked through the front doors of of our of our um, previous church was. It was right on Rosh Hashanah, like to the day and the hour that we walked through the door, to the very day and the hour that we walked in, you know, at the start of a new season. And I could go on about all, all different topics, but the alignment of like, there's, well, there's no coincidence in, when it comes to God. There's only God. Well, when you said that, something Tan had said earlier, um, both of you were saying that this would be a year he takes the lid off and he takes the mask off. That's something that we've been praying into is we're going to be approaching a Purim very soon. Um, and this being an Esther movement and knowing that is, you know, a holiday Esther instituted. And it was actually the first leap year. It was the first extra day. You know, she asked for an extra day on the enemy. Um, that is what my private prayers have been. I felt like the Lord has said that this feast will be an, an unmasking. You know, we know the Jewish people today 
there that feast is almost like Halloween or, you know, it's all about the mask and how um, the Haman was unmasked. And I felt like the Lord said, I will release that oil to unmask. So we're going to have to look ahead then at this season because there are two of them this year. It's leap year. So there's double uh, Purim. And, and I believe there will be what you're speaking of. I don't know that that will be the catalyst for the storm. I don't know if that is the way that the unmasking will be an atmospheric disruption that causes a storm. But I do believe looking very closely ahead that's coming up, you know, in March, that this will be an unmasking season that happens um, and that might seem temporarily disruptive. But truth is always productive. Truth is always productive. So I'm going to let you all have the closing words for anything that you have on your heart before we close this podcast today. Oh, there's so much more. I feel like oh, we've just loved our time together. I think, you know what, this is the thing. I want to encourage anyone who's listening. Who you are and what you carry has never been more necessary or more needed in the kingdom of God than it is right now. And... God has been very, very intentional. You could have been born at any time in his story. And I, I'm so grateful I wasn't born 300 years ago. I would have been dismal. I would have been shocking. I wish I would have arrived. But you know what? God chose us to be here at this time in his story. And God sets the boundaries of nations and people determining their appointed times. And God's chosen each and every one of us to be here a part of, and to be a part of his story his story. And um, so I want to encourage you, you know what, this is, this, is, this is an incredible, exciting, and an exhilarating time for us as believers. It's a time to not look with your natural eyes. It's a time to look with the eyes of your spirit. It's a time to lean in to what God is doing, what God wants to do through you and in you. And remain fluid, remain really fluid with God. And um, else I think I think my biggest thing and I think this is the one thing that God has been showing me I mean I've had the privilege to go around and speak to pastors and leaders across all different denominations and the one thing I've learned is that God is pulling back the veil he's exposing everyone's foundations he's exposing the foundations in this nation but he's exposing the foundations in our own hearts and in our own lives and in our own churches and if you feel like the veil is being pulled back and there's nowhere to hide you're in good company because he's doing it to all of us. He's pulling back everything back. And this is a time where everything feels exposed. And maybe you're feeling exposed. And maybe you're feeling vulnerable. But this is a time to allow God to go to those places and fortify your heart. Fortify those parts of your life. Because I believe, you know, like a wave, like a tidal wave goes out. It exposes everything. But I believe there's a wave of the Spirit coming. What we're seeing at the moment is we are seeing a cleaning of the house. The word says judgment must come to the house of God first. And so God, you're seeing God cleaning house. We are, I think there's not a week goes by where we don't hear of some ministry getting exposed or something going down. And a lot of us know that there had to be a course correction. A lot of us know, hang on, we know that there has to be a course correction. And I think this is a time to allow God to course correct our hearts and course correct our lives and consecrate our lives afresh to him. So if God's exposing the foundations, you're in good company. It's happening across this nation to so many churches, so many leaders. And also, you know what? I, I, it's a time to actually realize that I believe that we're transitioning from an old wineskin to a new wineskin. 
And so what worked in a previous season won't work in this season that you're in. And so many over COVID, so many churches just wanted to get back to business as usual. They just wanted to get back to business as usual. Can I just say, it's not business as usual. We are stepping into something that's completely brand new. And you and I are called to be like the sons of Issachar. We are called to discern the times, not to become like the times. So powerful. Matt, you can share, you can pray, however you want to close this out. We want to hear from you. Yeah, I just want to, I just want to close with this one thought. You know, the enemy has tried very, very hard over the last four years to isolate and uh, divide and isolate. And I know there's, there's been a lot of people who may feel like, oh, I'm feeling isolated and alone. This is only happening to me and I'm and, and disoriented and so on. Can I, can I, I just want to reassure you, you are far from alone. You, what you're experiencing, you, what you may have experienced or maybe uh, feeling right now, you are far from alone. This is, this is not uncommon, but I can tell you that we are, we are an army. God is raising up an army and each and every one of us have a part to play. You have a part to play and you are far from alone in this. And if we all stand together and, and play our part, what Holy Spirit is leading us into, we're going to see something trans, I believe we're going to see something transformative in this nation. I, I truly do. This is a time for all of us as intercessors, as prayer warriors, those different leaders and all different capacities in the church body. We need every single person to play their part as Holy Spirit leads. I want to encourage you in that you are far from alone. We are a body. We are not all separate pieces, you know, whatsoever. So this is going to be a spirit. This is all about creating a spirit of unity now and pressing forward together and leaning into what God is doing in, our, in this time. So, so much again, Selah. And you're going to have to do more of these with me because there's so much more. It just seems like the more we talk, the more that's unlocked. But I'm going to close us in prayer then. Um, and then we're looking forward to hearing more from you um, around these parts. And if you're ever in the Chattanooga area, I'll always let you know when they're in town. But Father, we just bless your holy name today. And we thank you for really the voices that you have anointed in Matt and Tallinn and the gift they are to our nation and, and the many gifts they operate in. They are a gift to this nation and this season. And we honor the words that have been spoken today and we take them deep into our spirit and may they produce fruit. And Father, we do pray right now that the unmasking would begin personally with each one of us. And Holy Spirit, we do give you that all access pass. We pray it together now that you would search us and know us like the prayer of David and see if there be any unclean way in us that you would purge us God and cleanse us even with hyssop that you would send a wave of cleansing to us Lord in our personal walk so that when the storm comes Lord we will not be shaken we invite you into that process we embrace it and we rejoice in it and Lord we do pray for all that are listening right now that are in that repositioning and a pre-positioning season as you have shifted Matt and Ton's life as they have said yes to you and you are shifting so many others in this season. Lord, we pray our fourfold prayer together. May we find ourselves in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing this year. And I pray for all those who feel the ground moving under their feet, that you're shifting them and that you're moving them. And that doesn't always mean in the natural, but whatever is shifting in hearts and spirits and even in the natural, I would just pray an added grace and understanding that they're not alone and an understanding that the shaking is of you and it will lead to greater glory 
um, and that you're aligning them for their assignment in this season and you're not going to let them miss it. So I pray that over them right now for just the voice of the Holy Spirit to be so real and to be the compass of their life right now in this repositioning. And we just bind every assignment of the enemy to distract and divert and and try to course correct uh, them in this moment, that in the time of transitioning, you would just hedge them in, God. You would cover them with your wings, that a ring of fire would rest upon them and around them, and you would guide them faithfully, God, in their movement. And Lord, I just pray for all who are listening today. I'm smiling because I know by my spirit, there are so many seers out there you're anointing, so many that you are wanting to speak to just as you have spoken and continue to speak to Matt, so many others. I know there are sons and daughters listening. There are some moms out there listening, some dads, some businessmen that you might not preach behind a pulpit, but God has given you an amazing gift to see in the spirit, and he wants to further develop it and sharpen it. Um, and, and allow you to walk in it without uh, fear and without hesitation. And God, would you just uh, put your hand upon those that you have anointed to see? Would you pour this anointing out on those who are willing to walk in it? God, would you remove the blinders off of the church and give us more who walk in the gift to see by the Spirit? Give us more Mordecai's father, whether they're male or female, that know the times understand the times and can instruct the body of Christ on what to do and how to do it. Father, I just pray over um, the remnant body that's listening right now that in this season, in this decade, we will not be caught off guard because you have spoken and you have revealed yourself. And God, that you will anoint those with with those uh, revelations to open their mouth and use their voice to speak instruction and that the bride of Christ will hear. So I just pray that, Father, for a stirring of the gift for all those who are hearing. And today we release a blessing over Matt and Ton. excuse me, over everything they put their hand to do, Father, even in this season now that you will increase your oil upon their life. Your grace would increase, your provision would increase, God, that you would be faithful to guide them in all that they do. And, and Lord, what I see is that you will just turn the volume up upon the megaphone of their voice. God, not for ambition or platform's sake, because it's so not in their heart, but because the body of Christ needs to hear what you have deposited within them. So turn up the volume, God, of their voice and their influence. Keep and guard them in all their ways. And uh, God, we just release a blessing over them today, uh, an increased amount of your favor over them today. And thank you, Father, for all that they have poured out. Poured out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.